This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zuma Radio, AM 740. And away we go. Welcome to the Audio Imaginarium. Come on in, weary traveler. Hang your cloak on a peg, grab a stool, and come gather around the fire. There are stories to be told, and you are among friends. Is it possible that a blueprint from ancient times holds the secret of our times? Is it possible that this mystery lies behind current events? The rise and fall of leaders, governments, and global happenings. Could events that transpired almost 3,000 years ago be determining the news of modern times and with it the issues of our lives? Could the people who lived in this ancient template, match up with and hold the mystery behind the leaders of our day and who rises to power and who does not. Is it possible that this ancient paradigm has determined and is determining the timing of current events and in some cases even down to the exact dates? Could a mystery from the ancient Middle East have foretold the course of current events more accurately than any pole or pundit? And what does this ancient paradigm say and portend about what is yet to come, our future? Could it even contain a warning critical for this hour and crucial for all to hear? This amazing story is laid out in shocking and amazing detail in The Paradigm, the ancient blueprint that holds the mystery of our times by New York Times best-selling author Jonathan Kahn. And he joins us tonight and for the full two hours. He's standing by and will join us momentarily. First, as per usual, let me introduce the boys in the band on the Gibson Flying V guitar. Ian Robertson, our fine rockabilly friend, on the Rickenbacker bass guitar and occasionally the theremin, story producer Albert Venzel, and on the Hammond B3, our good friend Ryan White. Uh, my little guys are also here someplace. You may hear them on the air at some point. They're running around, keeping busy, I'm sure. Uh, now, just ahead of Jonathan Kahn, it's time for our weekly remote viewing experiment, What's in the Box? 
Remember to tweet your answers to me at Richard Serrett, at Richard Serrett, S-Y, because I love you, R-E-T-T. You must use the hashtag T-C-S remote. And here are your coordinates remote viewers. The object is hidden from view in the cigar box to my left, resting on the desk here in studio at Zoomerplex, 70 Jefferson Avenue, in the Liberty Village neighborhood of Toronto, Ontario, Canada. All right, now please, do not guess. Allow the object to form in your mind. Let its shape and size and color and texture form in your mind. And again, tweet your answers to me, at Richard Serrett. Use the hashtag TCSRemote. We'll do the big reveal at the uh, bottom of this hour. And uh, to the remote viewer or viewers who correctly identify what's in the box, a copy of my collection of Strange Planet, Volume T, uh, 2, on CD. Remember CDs, Ian? Yes, it's old technology. It could I be worse. You still have yours? Good for you. It could be worse. I could be sending you uh, my collection on 8-track tape. But uh, CDs will have to do. If you could see uh, uh, Albert here in studio, his eyes are closed in deep meditation. He's, uh, he's in full remote viewing mode. All right, good luck to you all. Uh, we are about to begin a journey of nearly 3,000 years from a, an arid Middle Eastern landscape to American soil, from ancient palaces to the White House, from ruthless kings and queens to mysterious priests and priestesses, secrets and scandals, idols and gods, prophets and holy men, signs, portends, uh, wonders and harbingers. Each of these things holds a mystery that has determined our world and touched our lives. Jonathan Kahn's earth-shattering book, The Harbinger, became an instant New York Times bestseller and brought him to international prominence, followed by two more bestsellers, The Mystery of the Shemitah and The Book of Mysteries. Long before these books, he was known for opening the deep mysteries of Scripture and bringing forth messages of prophetic import. He leads Hope of the World Ministry, an international outreach of teaching, evangelism, and compassion projects for the needy. He also leads the Jerusalem Center Beth Israel, a worship center made of Jews, Gentiles, and people of all backgrounds, just outside New York City in Wayne, New Jersey. He's a much sought-after speaker and has been called the prophetic voice of our generation. He's spoken at the United Nations, on Capitol Hill, and to millions of people around the world. He's a good friend of the program, and I'm honored to call him my friend also. Jonathan, welcome. How are you? Great to be with you. Always, always a joy uh, to be with you, Rich. Um, good, good. I mean, I uh, have some crazy things that happen every time a book releases. Every single time I've released a book, something crazy happens. Uh, with Harbinger, it was Hurricane Irene swept through four feet of water in our building. We were, had no building for months. Uh, the mystery of the Shemitah, the, the, the moment of the release, I'm rushed to the, to the emergency room, paralyzed for a week. I remember that. Mysterious yeah. illness, and then it vanishes. Well, with a, I already told people, listen, get praying for this one, the paradigm. Paradigm, the day of the release, I have intense pain, rushed to the hospital, my uh, appendix ruptured, uh, surgery, emergency canceled, all interviews as well. And so that's, that's how that was. That was just a few weeks ago. But, you know, the good news is that, I mean, I'm, I'm doing great. Um, but the, apparently, you know, the book didn't need me because it made it to the top 10 uh, New York Times with Hillary Clinton's book. So it doesn't need me. That's a good thing. Well, somebody downstairs is trying uh, his, exactly. his darndest to keep you 
uh, from getting this word out. But uh, exactly. we, we've all seen the movie. We know how it ends, and it's yes. the good guys who win. Absolutely. So. Yes. Well, we should also mention very quickly, and we'll mention this again later, but you are coming to our fair city here in Toronto. Yes. Uh, on a number of uh, speaking yes. engagements. And yes. um, now some of these uh, are open to the public and some are not so much. But let me just give the... Uh, the, sure. the there's Thanks. a big sure. one. Saturday night, November the 18th, from 7 to 9 p.m. at the City of David Messianic Synagogue. I, th- I think actually it's... Oh, are, is, it at this, is it at that place or it's... Okay. Or is it 200... Okay. I wasn't sure if they had it there or they're having it somewhere else. Well, but. it's uh, 200 Racco okay. Parkway in Thornhill, yes. which is up that's, in my neck of the woods. Okay. And that's the one hosted by Rabbi Jeff Foreman, hosted, right? Yeah. And Rosh Pinnah? Yeah. There yes. we go. So again, that's Saturday night, November 18th, 7 to 9 p.m. at the City of David Messianic Synagogue, 200 Racco uh, Parkway in Thornhill. Yeah, and I think the and I appreciate you doing that, Rich. I've never been to I haven't been to Canada since uh, Expo '67 when I was a little kid. Well, that was Montreal. Uh, that was Montreal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Montreal. I've never been to Toronto. Um, and then the, I think the other public ones will be Wednesday, uh, November 17th, at the Church on the Queensway, 7 p.m. And then the other one is the Miracle Family Temple on on Sunday, uh, the morning and night. But I, I'll, they'll probably post it somewhere, you know. Okay, so yeah, Wednesday the 15th at the yes. Church on the Queensway. That's Wednesday night, the 15th of November, and yes. then Sunday the 19th. The Miracle Family Temple. That's Sunday afternoon at three fifteen p.m. Yeah, there's okay. a morning and there's a night, and they're kind of connected to the place. Right. But yeah, thanks. I look forward to being there. This is your neck, uh, you know, of the woods. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. Now, the um, I, I got to ask you about. You know, you do so well in the New York Times uh, bestseller uh, list, and I got to be honest with you. I'm, I mean. Your books sell, there's no question, but that the New York Times would admit it, to me, I guess, is a big mystery. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah, well, you know, and, and there are, you know, they, there is editorializing in that list, because they don't do it by straight numbers, and so uh, the last few times there was kind of a fight about saying it wasn't going to be on this list, or they're not going to put it on this list, and not put it on this list. You know, I'm not judging the motives, but I've heard, you know, but that's what happened. Um, so it's kind of like, you know, I, I mean, thank God they did it. You know, I, I've, I've always ended up on the list, even when there's been a fight about the thing. But then, you know, the numbers put it there, you know. Um, but sure, they again, can't there ignore are, there it. Are so, there are some books that have numbers that don't get there. So, exactly. you know, uh, yeah. it's been a fight at different times. Well, it's, it's, this is just a testament, and no pun intended, that to the, you know, the appeal of your work. It, the, the numbers are so big that they simply can't deny it, and for them to, to deny it, they would just look foolish. So here we have the paradigm. Well, let's do some define some terms. What do we mean by paradigm? Yeah, sure. Yeah, paradigm. A lot of, a lot of people use that word, Richard, and a lot of people don't know what it means. You know, paradigm is a pattern or an archetype, a model. Um, a, it could be a foreshadow of something that is to come. And so the God in the Bible, you know, there are paradigms all over the place. God uses uh, paradigms, symbolic paradigms, prophetic paradigms, symbols, you know, sacrifices, holiday, holy days, even foreshadows, you know, people who foreshadow other people. And, and in fact, it says in Corinthians, it says, you know, uh, Paul writes, he says that these things happened in Israel's history as examples for us. Well, the word example in the Greek is tupos, or type, which also means paradigm. So, the, the, in other words, what's in the Bible, what happened to Israel relates to everybody and everything in some way. God uses it. And the paradigm, the, the paradigm itself, is, you know, you gave a great intro before, 
but it's, it's, it's imagine they discovered a, a master blueprint that lies behind everything, lies behind what's happening now, from ancient times, from the Bible, from, from almost 3,000 years ago, yet it's coming true now, yet it, you know, it's, it's detailed, it's precise, it, it's what is happening, the events of our lifetime, also the timing of those events down to the years, and in some cases the month, the week, in some cases the exact date, in some cases the hour of when these things have to happen, all in this ancient paradigm. Even the people of our day, you know, the leaders on the national stage, that imagine that if behind each of these, these key leaders, there is an ancient leader, a prototype leader, and this, the modern leader, is following in the footsteps of that ancient leader. And the ancient leader even gives the time that the modern leader is, a, is allotted to on the world stage. So it's, it's eerily, you know, in many ways, it's like the, power, the, the harbinger in that you have an ancient mystery that is unfolding, replaying now. Uh, but the difference is, and it's, they're actually linked together, but the difference is that, you know, the harbinger is, is showing the signs of warning that, that from ancient Israel that are happening now. But the, the, the paradigm is, is, kind of, is saying, like, everything else is, we're, we're in, it's almost like we're inside a harbinger. Everything that we're experiencing is part of this ancient mystery. Right. It, you know, it, re, it, it reminds me, and you point out that the circumstances, let's say we're talking about individuals, for example, a king, and the way that he uh, rises to power or leaves power doesn't, isn't an exact, you know, it's not a mirror image of what happens in modern times to a particular politician. Uh, it, it reminds me of that old Mark Twain saying that uh, history doesn't always repeat itself, but sometimes it rhymes. Yeah, yeah. It's, and, and it's, you know, it's because, you know, people have been saying that, you know, there, there's a scripture in the Ecclesiastes says there's nothing new under the sun, things happening. Um, and yet it's not only, yeah, it's not only that it's, it's kind of replaying in a modern form or a modern pattern, but it's, it's, it's there's something, I mean, I, I know you, you, you've been, you know, you've been reading it. It's beyond natural because when it when it you know comes together when it coalesces it it's so it gets so exact or so eerie in in these key things again to give exact dates or or even in some cases that the ancient paradigm gives the parameters of the name of the modern leader on the world stage so it's it's I mean it's eerie and I believe this is I believe I mean it's more than natural it's I believe this is the hand of God just like with the harbinger that things are replay and because there's a message it's kind of it's telling you not just what has happened and what is happening and where we're heading but also it's it's kind of giving God's commentary on it like what what does this mean where are we you know what is the value of this where are we heading what's the warning because there's a warning there as too there's an encouragement but there's a warning concerning the future so you know and, and think about it Richard, you know you know throughout the Bible God does this he gives he gives foreshadows and the foreshadows as you just said it's it's not that everything that was in the original happens the same exact way in the modern then it would be the, it would be the same thing but for instance you know paradigms of the Passover lamb well it doesn't you know it's talking ultimately about the Messiah is going to come as a lamb a sacrificed lamb it doesn't mean it's going to have wool doesn't mean it, many things but it means that a key point is going to be linked together and so God uses this all the time but that same the same God of the Bible is not is still alive and he's still in charge he's still in control of everything meaning the United States meaning Canada meaning the world, what right. we're living through right now. Jonathan Kahn, The Paradigm, the ancient blueprint that holds the mystery of our times. When we come back, we'll head to the northern kingdom of Israel, King Ahab, Queen Jezebel, and what are the antitypes who exist today? Back with more of The Conspiracy Show. Stay right with us. 
You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Don't be afraid of the dark. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. To talk to Richard, call 416-360-0740 or toll free 1-866-740-4740. Welcome back. Jonathan Kahn is with us. The paradigm, the ancient blueprint that holds the mystery of our times. Before I forget, just want to send out a hello to a faithful listener, a big fan of his program, and even a bigger fan of Jonathan Kahn. And uh, that would be Rocco, uh, who owns the Italian bakery up in Barrie, Ontario. So, Rocky, uh, thanks for listening to the program, and uh, we appreciate your support. Uh, also, I want to mention Jonathan Kahn again coming to Toronto. We mentioned a couple dates, but I want to give you more details about uh, Wednesday, November the 15th here in Toronto from 7 to 10 p.m. Wednesday, November 15th, 7 to 10 p.m., Church on the Queensway. That's 1536 The Queensway here in Toronto. And uh, what you need to do if you want to register for tickets, you need to go to eventbrite.com eventbrite.com and I mean the link is too long to give it to you over the air just just type in Jonathan Kahn or Rabbi Jonathan Kahn Kahn C-A-H-N and uh, you can uh, you can order your uh, your tickets um, that that way it's a free event okay they'll be uh, they'll be taking up an offering it's a free event but you need to register to get in because obviously space is limited we'll give you some of the other dates as uh, as the uh, the program progresses all right jonathan i wanted to uh, uh take a for instance and uh northern israel the kingdom of northern israel at this time of course the holy land is divided you have israel and samaria in the north and you have judea in the south um what set the scene for us in terms of what's going on uh, in in the northern kingdom, we have King Ahab and and uh, Queen Jezebel. Explain a little bit about who they are and what's going on in the kingdom at this point. Yeah, the 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 big stage setting the big stage here. The, it's it's the same now. This is the same setting as in the Harbinger. You know that it's the northern kingdom again. This is a, a civilization that knew God was founded by God, founded on His ways, but then turned away from Him, and so enters a time of apostasy. Starts driving Him out of its government, out of its culture, out of its out of its public life. Um, it begins to call evil good and good evil. Begins to um, offer up its children as sacrifices. Begins to to uh, to serve other gods and idolatry and materialism and immorality, and you know, and starts persecuting those who are still following. God. So you have a, a civilization in apostasy. And the first thing, the, the big picture, and then it's going to get very specific, that's the, the big picture is this falling away, this metamorphosis, this thing, this, this, this civilization that's changing. Well, is so with America and so with the Western world. You know, the, the foundation of Western civilization has been, you know, you have the gospel, you have a biblical foundation. And what we have been witnessing in the last, you know, century, I mean, you know, it, it's a mid-century on very quickly clearly, very brazenly, in America and in the West, is a, is a massive falling away from those foundations, the driving of God out of the public square, the, the calling good evil and evil good, the, the you know, all things, the, the, even the offering of children, you know, in, in, you know, they say, well, how can you compare what happened with, they offered it to idols? Well, yeah, they offered thousands, we've offered millions of unborn children. So, so we're, we're replaying that big 
seeing that that the the overall setup, but it's, it's now it's going to get very very specific, and that is that they start worshiping a god called Baal or Baal, and Baal is the god of materialism, prosperity, but also sexual immorality, and also obviously the offering up of children. They did that to Baal. The Bible says it, and so. But what happens is it reaches this apostasy reaches a stage where suddenly it accelerates and it deepens and it deepens because of the rise of leaders who come to the throne who are going to actually they're going to be a catalyst for this thing and they're going to suddenly the the kind of anti-biblical morality is going to prevail over the biblical morality it's going to be endorsed from the throne and you're going to have literally you're going to have a culture war happening well it, the, the same thing is going to happen in america and it's going to touch the rest of the world i know many people are listening from canada today but it's going to touch everybody and what happens is about about a quarter century ago you have a culture war in america and it's linked to the rise of a of a certain leader now in the bible the leader, and this is the first, the first kind of paradigm of a leader here, uh, is he's called the king in the book, and he is Ahab or Ahab. Ahab is a man who he was raised. Actually, he he knows the culture, he knows of God, he knows of the ways of God, but he is he champions values that go against God. He's a divided man. He's he's an apostasy. He wavers back and forth. He's an emotional man, and he's the first king of Israel to pioneer things that have never been pioneered from the throne, meaning the worship of Baal. Meaning that means child sacrifice. That means sexual immorality. In other that words, to give these yeah. things royal sanction, they'd been they yes. these, these, the worship of Baal and the sacrificing and the the, the sexual depravity yes. in the temples had been going on in the shadows yes. for a long time, but now it has become so normalized. It's part of the culture. Yeah, exactly. What was in the shadows comes out, and that's exactly it. Now it becomes now it, he Ahab allies the state to these things, and so it begins a, actually a war or a culture war and a persecution. Well, could there be a modern leader that follows this pattern? Well, well, if you go back about you know about a quarter century, you have this thing called the culture war, early nineties, and with that is the rise of a leader who's associated with culture war, and his name is of course Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton is going to follow that. And, and listen, let me say before I say anything else, it's not about the people. We we need to. You know, we have no enemies. We pray. The only thing we we, do, we love and we pray for all people. But we got to recognize what's happening. So he is going to follow the paradigm of Ahab. And what's going to happen is he's also a man who was raised knowing about God, raised in the Bible Belt. But he's going to champion values that go against the Bible. Most notably, he's the first president in American history, in, in really in the West, who champions abortion, which, which in the ancient time is linked with child sacrifice. He ch- he champions the redefining of reality. Of, of morality. He even says it. We are redefining the, the, the unchangeable ideals. He, we, he says we're, we're changing morality. Right. And like things like late term. Wavers back and forth, emotional and all that. Right. And, and in the book, there's a chapter in the Paradigms, there's a chapter called The Days of the King. The question is, when did Bill Clinton come on the national stage or the world stage? Well, the answer is it was 1979 when he was elected governor of Arkansas. That was his first major thing. And he, he went from governor basically to president. So that was 1979. When did his time end? It was two, the, January 2001. So you put it together, you got 22 years of Bill Clinton, 22 years. If you open up the Bible, you open up to 1 Kings 16, it says, and Ahab ruled in Samaria for a period of 22 years. The same period, the, the days of Bill Clinton will follow the days of Ahab down to the year. Remarkable. Uh, and, it's gonna, and, and, and Richard, it's going to be with every single, 
it's going to be like every single leader. That's that's what we're going to see. It's eerie. But you know, he wasn't alone. You know, as we know, Ahab was not alone. There was another with him. And again, it's not about the people or their motives, but it's about the signs. Her name was Isabel, and we know her as Jezebel. Right. And she grows up in Phoenicia, outside of it, and she, she's the daughter of the priest of Astarte. This is a, a goddess. So she grows up with goddess worship. She has cosmopolitan values. It's a different culture than, than Israel. She venerates female power. She, she goes to, she moves to the land of the king, which is more conservative, but she never adopts the, the values of Ahab's land or, or of Israel. And she refuses to. She sees traditional values as something to be overturned or warred against, or she incites her husband to go with it. She, she, she sees the religious beliefs of Israel, those who are faithful, as something she's got to change. And they actually have a co-regency. It's the only one in Israel's history where it's not just the king, it's king and queen. They're both ruling. And she becomes, Jezebel becomes the primary champion of child sacrifice. Well, what does this correspond to? I mean, you don't think it's, it's going to be Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton is going to follow the pattern or the paradigm of Jezebel. And it's not saying she knows what she's doing or this is conscious, but she's going to follow it. Number one, she, she grows up in a cosmopolitan culture. That's Chicago. Right. She, she venerates female power. You know, we're not, you know, and she obviously is radically feminist. She will, she will actually move to the Bible Belt to, to marry her husband as Jezebel moved to Israel, but she's never going to accept the, the beliefs of that. And she's going to see traditional values again and again as something to be warred against. She's actually going to make a statement. I mean, it's an amazing statement. She says, deep-seated religious beliefs have to be changed. She's the only candidate, major candidate in, in American history or Western history, whoever would make something like that. She will be, as Jezebel was the primary uh, champion of Baal worship or child sacrifice, Hillary Clinton will become the primary champion of abortion. And, and it's not, that's not an opinion. Planned Parenthood actually voted her the champion, abortion champion of the century. Right. And her, her health care plan, Hillary Care, which went down in flames, yes. part of that was tax-funded abortion. Uh, and also under, her, uh, under President Clinton, he vetoed late-term, a ban on late-term abortion, not once, but twice. So Yeah, absolutely. And, and that is, and you know, and it, it seems kind of, it seems like, that, like, how could they even do that? And partial birth abortion, vetoed it when, when the Congress passed it. I mean, partial birth abortion. But then again, when you look in the ancient paradigm, you know, what was happening on the altars of Baal was horrific. I mean, really, you know, really horrific. And so was this horrific, too. And so under this, the Clinton years, it becomes, abortion becomes championed by the state. And actually, you actually have a new phenomenon. You have Christians being arrested, put in jail for praying, you know, on the grass of abortion clinics and all this. Well, that's exactly, you know, you, you just mentioned Hillary Care, which is basically forced, you know, forced participation in abortion. Well, that's exactly what Jezebel did. But it's going to get even more eerie. And there, there's, a, there's a chapter in the book called The Goddess. Right. Now, Jezebel, you know, she worshipped the, the Phoenician gods. She worshipped Baal and these goddesses. And it says in the Bible that she actually brought the worship, the, these, these priests of the goddesses, and into the throne, into the palace. Now, the worship that they, they partook of, which Jezebel told, it involved uh, conjuring of spirits, involved speaking to familiar spirits. We know it from a number, a number of reasons, um, and, you know, and, and basically a kind of channeling of spirits. And so we, we have that. Now, could this 
possibly have a modern fulfillment. Now, it would seem crazy that it could. I mean, I mean, you know, it, I mean, how could you have it? It would mean that in some way you've got this pagan worship being brought to the White House. Well, it happened. And what happened was, and this is, this is the chapter called The Goddess, and what, what people don't realize, when the Clintons lost, uh, lost uh, politically, they, they called for counselors, but not biblical counselors. They called for New Age counselors. They had a meeting at Camp David and then that of, of New Age counselors, and, and two of them were called priestesses. And one of them, uh, the first lady, Hillary Clinton, as in the paradigm, Jezebel brings priestesses to the palace. She brings them to the White House. And in the White House, they have sessions. And the sessions that they have are literally are literally channeling the dead, um, speaking to the dead, conjuring spirits. And, and the woman who's overseeing them, I mean, this wasn't just meetings. These were sessions. Um, she actually had the first lady, Hillary Clinton, channel a dead person. And they, you know, this actually leaked in the news. And they tried to cover it up. They said, well, it's just brainstorming. It wasn't brainstorming. The, the, one, the woman whose name was Jean Houston, who was called the high priestess of, in the New Age, of the God, wrote a book at the time all about endorsing goddess worship. And she actually, when she was in the White House, she had a medallion on her chest, which was of an ancient goddess. And in her book, she describes the sessions that she leads, and it's called, she says, you're talking to the gods and talking to the goddesses and talking to the dead. And that's what happened in the White House. House. And in the in the book, she actually mentions the land of Phoenicia, which is Jezebel's land, and she mentions the goddess Astarte or Ashtoreth, who was the goddess of Jezebel. You know, the Bible condemns. Right. So you have all this happening, and I'm not saying that Hillary Clinton knew what she was doing, but nevertheless, it all took place in the White House. Jonathan, you mentioned that Hillary Clinton was was uh, taking part in this, and that she channeled. Someone was it? Was it the, the supposedly the spirit of Eleanor Roosevelt? Yes, it, yes, it was. That yes, it was, and that and Richard. That's how it. That's how it came out in the, into the press, and they said. And so they started saying the big thing: seances in the White House, and then she, and then they all, of course, denied it and said, no, no, it was just brain. That's not brainstorming. Brainstorming is when you you throw out ideas. She was literally speaking as a dead a dead first lady, absolutely, and and it was it was part of these sessions. And I actually had to get the book. I mean, I didn't want to get the book. Got the book that this woman. Wrote at the time, and she describes all these things. This was the same thing, the same practices of Jezebel's worship. You also you also quote a, um, a radical feminist in, in in your book, The Paradigm, the ancient blueprint that holds the mystery of our times, uh, talking about uh, abortion as yes. being a sacrifice to yes. the goddess Astarte. Well, well, yeah, the same people don't realize this, you know, because the connection, I mean, is very deep, and, and meaning that what modern abortion, the key radical abortionists have, have, have all these statements. It's in, it's, it's in um, I think it's the chapter on the Days of the Gods, and, and in it there are these amazing quotes where these people who are famous radical, you know, leading abortion, they say abortion is a sacrament. It's a holy thing. It's a sacred thing. And one of them says, we're, it's, not a, it's not an immorality. It's a pagan morality, and we are all offering up sacrifices, the abortionists are sacrifices to the ancient goddesses. And you, you have this throughout, and so there's a real spiritual thing going on, and we are replaying it. And I mean literally replaying it. All right, when we come back, we'll talk about the nemesis. Jonathan Kahn, the paradigm, the ancient blueprint that holds the mystery of our times, right here on The Conspiracy Show. Don't go away. When in doubt, blame the government. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. 
Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. When you look at the sky, ever wonder if someone's looking back? This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett from Zoomer Radio. To speak with Richard live, call 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. And welcome back. We will get back to our conversation with Jonathan Kahn. The book is The Paradigm, the ancient blueprint that holds the mystery of our times. It's a time for our big reveal on our weekly remote viewing experiment, What's in the Box?, and uh, let us go around the horn here quickly. Uh, let's begin with our rockabilly friend, Ian Robertson. Ian, what are you seeing? What's in the box? Um, at the beginning of the show, when you mentioned it, I was going to say glasses box, like a container. But I think that's because we were both wearing our glasses at the moment. Oh, like a, uh, yeah. a case for a pair yeah. of glasses? I looked oh. over and I thought, like, glasses. All right. But I don't know now. Maybe a, a piece of woven fabric. A piece of woven fabric. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. All right. And uh, Albert Vinzel. It's just a guess. I'm going to say soft and rubbery, like that giant eraser again we had. For some reason, I keep just getting repeat objects. <laughs> All right. Okay. And uh, Ryan. Something. Whoops, let me get your mic on. There we go. Oh, you know, I see something maybe uh, that burns and has a nice fragrance, something like incense or maybe the wick of an oil lamp. You know, you ha- you always have the most imaginative uh, guesses, but you're always way off the mark. Oh, but I- you <laughs> Sorry. All right, let- we're going to go to our Twitter feed, and uh, young, uh, young North is going to uh, go through our Twitter feed. What-, what are people guessing, North? What are people guessing? Go ahead, North. Sailor, Sailor Twift, Sailor Twift. There's a baseball glove in the box. She says. Okay, a little closer to the mic there, young fella. Okay. okay. A baseball glove. Okay, who's yeah, next? Yeah, baseball glove. Um, Drew says I'm seeing a teapot lid or another piece of fine china. Okay. Kyle Pacey says a compass. All right. Weya. Elena, she says, I see pink scissors for some reason, but also a green cube. A green cube? All right. Daniel S. says, he says, a screwdriver. Mm-hmm. I see a handle and metal. Uh, John P. Smith says he sees a, a spiral-bound pocket notebook. A spiral-bound pocket notebook. All right. Clinton Mills says, she says a photo, a photo, wait, never mind, it's a boy. A photo. A photo. A f- like a photograph, all right. Uh, Kevin B. says, it's black, smooth, silver, metal, and plastic. Hmm, all right. Anyone else? Adam Sidesworth says, I see a cigar in the box. In the I think cigar. Adam always says it's a cigar in the box. All right, time for one or two more. Um... Cappy Del Margo says, I'm seeing something orange, a toy box, a toy pumpkin, perhaps. Okay. One more. Ellie Ito says, I'm seeing a coin. All right. Now, we had someone say something. Thank you, North. Great job, young fella. Uh, we, someone said uh, something plastic and polished steel or something. That was somewhat close. It's a, anyone recognize this? It's a fidget spinner. There we go. Can you hear that? 
It's a fidget spinner. I don't think anyone was close enough, though. What would what, what, what say you, Ryan, Albert, Ian? It was a black, smooth, silver metal plastic. It's it's pretty close. Hmm. It has some black. It's smooth. It does. It has, it has metal and, and plastic. plastic. You know what? I think, was that Adam? Who was, was that? Kevin B. Kevin B. All right. Kevin, congratulations. We're going to send you out a uh, CD, Strange Planet Volume 2. Congratulations. And uh, until next week, that's our What's in the Box segment. All right. Uh, Jonathan Kahn will be here in Toronto Wednesday, November the 15th at the Church of the Queensway. That's Wednesday night, November the 15th. Again, go to eventbrite.com to register for tickets. It's free, but you have to register. Saturday night, November the 18th from 7 to 9 at the City of David Messianic Synagogue. That's 200 Rocco Parkway in Thornhill. And then we have on Sunday morning at 10 and Sunday afternoon at 3.15, Sunday, November the 19th, the Miracle Family Temple. All right. Uh, this is a short segment, Jonathan, but let's just get this conversation started and we'll continue after the break. Okay. Well, I wanted to talk about, um, first of all, we should point out that another interesting uh, sort of parallel or paradigm that, uh, that connects uh, Queen Jezebel of Israel, the, the Northern Kingdom, with Hillary Rodham Clinton is that in both cases, after the president leaves office, Bill Clinton leaves office, and after the king is killed, King Ahab killed in battle... Both Jezebel and Hillary Rodham Clinton, they don't just leave the scene as per usual. They both kind of linger and hang on there. Yes, and we're going to get the paradigm is going to take Richard's going to take us all the way up to exactly where we are right now. I mean, it's going to be everything, including I mean, including Donald Trump, and it's going to be right where we are right now. But yes, we're going to go through all of that. All right. So the nemesis. Uh, yeah. You have a chapter dedicated to the nemesis, and again, this goes back to King Ahab. And his nemesis, who was to the east, across the uh, the Jordan River in, mm-hmm. in modern-day Syria. Mm-hmm. And, yes. And that yeah. lead, Go ahead. Yeah, what happens is that, that in, the, you know, in the reign of Ahab, the man arises, who becomes a threat, becomes a, a nemesis, an arch-enemy of the nation. He threatens the nation. He threatens that he's going to invade it, threatens it with destruction, comes from the east, as you said. He speaks a Semitic tongue, and he, threat, he, he actually gives threats in a Semitic tongue. And actually, the, the paradigm actually gives the parameters of, well, he has a name, but he gives parameters of the modern one. What this would mean is that in the days of Clinton, there will be a man who rises up outside of America and outside of the West, and he is going to be from the East, and he is going to be a threat to the nation. He's going to threaten invasion, and his name is, of course, Ben Laden. And the thing is that in the paradigm, the ancient nemesis, the name also, the, it begin, it, the parameters are B and N. It's Ben in the, the, the Hebrew. Or the, or the Arabic, it's, it's the same word. Ben, his name begins with that, the ancient one as well. He's going he's gonna, to actually, of course, he's going to attack America. And the thing is that but what happens is in the, you read the account of Ahab, and, and actually Ahab, God gives, God gives his enemy into the hands of Ahab. Ahab decides to release him, let him go. That's going to bring, you know, God rebukes Ahab, says now there's going to be calamity in the land. Well, could that be that actually Bill Clinton had the opportunity to, to, to eliminate Bin Laden? And the the answer is absolutely. The uh, 9/11 Commission found out that he he had the chance to eliminate Bin Laden, and he chose to let him go. It didn't happen once; it happened nine times, which resulted in 9/11. And that it's going to be very crucial because 
the next thing that we're when we I don't know if it's when we come back when we get to it's the paradigm is going to get so exact it's going to give us exact days dates that so much so that if we had known it if I had known it and I didn't know this until this year Richard this is when it came to me if we had known the paradigm uh, we could have actually marked in our calendars the future events that to the day they would happen years in advance oh my. Uh, as we head into the break, just very quickly, how did this come to you? How did you put this all together? It came like just like the Harbinger did, in in the sense I wasn't looking for it. Actually, Richard, I was trying to do, I was uh, planning to do a different book, but then in January the whole thing started coming like a download, just like the you know things would come and said whoa, and they kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I'd be in my bed and something would come in my mind that said wait a minute that can't be. I'd get up, go onto the web, and it would be exactly that. Things would just come to me. It it was pretty much exactly the way the Harbinger did, and when I needed like the next key or the next move, something somebody would say a word or something would pop up and it would turn out to be true. So it came like a download, came within about one to two months at the beginning of the year. Then I told my publisher, they said, well, you got to write this and you've got 60 days to write it. So I wrote it in 60 days and then it got, then they quickly edited and then it just came out now in, in September. So it all happened very quick, but same thing as the Harbinger. It was literally, literally it was a download. I was the one getting overwhelmed by it before I ever told anybody else. Amazing. The Paradigm, the ancient blueprint that holds the mystery of our times. New York Times best-selling author Jonathan Kahn stays with us here on The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Curiosity, or did the devil make you do it? Whatever the reason, welcome back to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. To talk to Richard, call 416-360-0740. Or toll-free at 1-866-740-4740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The truth is not out there. It's right here. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. And welcome back. Just a reminder that our um, mystery object was a fidget spinner. All right. James, uh, or rather Jonathan Kahn is with us. Uh, I just want a quick programming note. Next week on The Big Show, uh, a near-death experiencer, uh, John Francis, will be with us. He made a breakthrough in consciousness that allowed him uh, to decode the deepest mysteries of life. So we'll talk about the global love conspiracy. That's with uh, John uh, Francis. And then in the second hour, uh, JFK assassination researcher James D. Eugenio uh, makes his return to the program. Of course, that'll just be days after the uh, the release, we hope, uh, if uh, President Trump sticks to his guns and uh, releases the JFK documents as promised. And the deadline, of course, is October the 26th. And uh, James D. Eugenio will be with us a few days later. Uh, to discuss that. All right. Uh, Jonathan Kahn stays with us. The Paradigm, the Ancient Blueprint that Holds the Mystery of Our Times. Jonathan, how do people get a hold of the book? The Paradigm is everywhere, just came out, is everywhere from Amazon online, any place online, and any bookstore from Walmart to any other place. It's literally everywhere. So you, it, it's hard to miss it. Um, and uh, yeah, you can get it right now, but it, it's uh, omnipresent, <laughs> you know, pretty much. You know. right. If you want to get in touch with the ministry, um, it's, it's hopeoftheworld.org. And we send out free things all over the place. And, uh, you know, of course, and of course, if any of you, your, your audience is down around New York City, we're right there in Wayne, New Jersey. Excellent. All right. We were talking about uh, the nemesis uh, and how that. 
uh, is sort of the the prototype for uh, bin Laden in modern times. And the nemesis for King Ahab was uh, from Damascus, and this was Ben Habad. Hadad, yes. Hadad. Yeah, and it's going to continue, Rich. I mean, it, this is going to go into. I mean, this is going to. This is going to go to, to even. It's going to the paradigm. It, it, when we get to it, it even gives the will give the timing, the the way that Bin Laden will be assassinated and the timing of it. Um, so it continues, and um, yeah, and but but also there also the the days of the Clintons. The, well, the days of Ahab and Jezebel weren't just days of apostasy; they were days of scandal. And there's key things about this that gives exact timing. All right. Well, we have some time. Let's get into some of that time. Yeah. Well, one of the right, so so Ahab and Jezebel they they have a there there is not there is a personal scandal and it's the scandal of Naboth and where they actually they they break you know most of the Ten Commandments to get this vineyard they kill a guy bear false witness and the whole thing and then as Ahab's about to take what doesn't belong to him Elijah the prophet appears in the in the vineyard and pronounces judgment on Ahab exposes his sin. Well, well. So the Clinton years—it means that therefore the Clinton years would be years not just of of moral or, or of um, you know of, of apostasy or or the a war against values, but actually personal scandals. So of course there were scandals. That's what it was known for. The big one was the Monica Lewinsky scandal. He was actually impeached for it. Now and, and also it involved breaking of Ten Commandments and all that. Well, well. The the thing about it is when Ahab fell and when the scandal took place and when later on he was actually killed, in a, it was all linked to the tribe of Levi. He broke Ahab broke the law of the Levites and then he was killed his reign ends in the in the city of the Levites and all that. So could it be that a modern presidential scandal actually could be linked to this ancient tribe of Levi? Well the name from the name Levi comes the name Levin. From Levin comes Lewin from Lewin comes Lewinsky. <laughs> the Lewinsky scandal it literally means the Levite scandal. Wow. It's the same people that's linked to the fall of Ahab, King Ahab. And actually Monica Lewinsky was actually a Levite. She's actually from the tribe that's linked oh, to the fall of the king. But it, it goes even further because the, when this scandal is exposed of Ahab, it happens in the 19th year of his reign. Well, we, we said, well, when, did, when did Clinton come on the national stage? Well, it was 1979. Add 19 years, it takes you to the year 1998. 1998 is the year that the scandal is exposed of the Clinton years. And it actually, if you take it exactly when, he, when Clinton was sworn in in 1979, it, it leads you to January 1998. January 1998 is the month that the scandal is exposed. So, I mean, and actually, it even gets, I mean, it gets even more so, because here's another mystery in the paradigm, and that is that, that when the, the king's scandal is exposed, uh, what happened? He, the Bible tells you how long Ahab has. He's got three years left until judgment is going to come to him, actually the end of his reign. The reign is going to come three years after the scandal is exposed. Well, we know when the Clinton years ended. It ended on an exact day. It ended on January 20th, 2001, at the inauguration. So if, what happens if you take the end of the Clinton years, go back three years, could it lead you, could, you know, could, it, could it lead you to the King scandal? Well, if you go back three years, it takes you to January 20th, 1998, January 20th, 1998, is the exact day that evening the scandal breaks forth to the world. It's in, and from that day, according to the paradigm, the king or the president will have, will have three years. He has three years exactly to the end of the Clinton years. Remarkable. Remarkable. Jonathan, I just want to back up for a second because you, you, we just kind of glossed over what happened in the vineyard. Did you say there was a murder of a witness? Okay, 
I didn't, but I'm okay, Richard, you brought it up, so let's go there. Okay, there, there's another chapter called the Vineyard, and well, here, well, there, there was, and I mean, well, you're right. You know, I, I didn't get into the detail of this, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna just throw this out. Another part of the scandals of the Clinton years, well, well, the, the scandal in Ahab and, and Jezebel involves a piece of land. Uh, that is uh, that is acquired illegally. The, the acquiring of it by the king and queen. Well, in the Clinton years, you have you have the, the of course what, you have white water. That's the longest oh, scandal. Oh no, I it, think I know where this is going. You have a you have the the acquisition of that land, which there are questions about it throughout the whole time. And you also have a man that's linked to it. the man in the, in the time of Ahab and Jezebel. His name was Naboth, and he and he ends up being killed. That well, you have a man named Vince Foster. Now exactly. I'm not saying I'm not getting into him being killed or not. But the point is, prophetically, it's linked to the Clinton years. And the, the chief guy dies. He was linked to Whitewater. He was the he was the keeper of Whitewater, the legal keeper. And the interesting another thing about this is that Naboth, his name, you know, a vineyard is a place of fruits. Well, the name Naboth means fruits. So the keeper of the land who the who died was named at, was linked to the land. His name his name is fruits. Well, Vince Foster. His, you know, actually, Whitewater wasn't a wasn't a vineyard; it was forest land. Vince Foster, the name Foster means keeper of the forest. Oh my word! Oh my word! Uh, how can how can anyone listen to this and not connect these dots? I mean, this is not mere happenstance. It's it's eerie, like like the harbinger. It's eerie, except it involves everything. And I don't know if we'll have time on this thing or then we come back, but it's going to get so eerie that it's going to the paradigm is actually going to. So this is where I said if you knew it, if I knew it, if you knew it back then, you could have marked your calendar. It's going to give the exact date, even the hour of, of really the most pivotal event of our lifetime. We have a, a, a couple minutes here. What, what is the mystery, of, the mystery of days? Okay, the day here it is. Here it is. Here's what happens. And, and just tell me if we run out of time. I'll continue in the next one. But here's what happens. When, when, uh, when the king, when Ahab goes to the vineyard, Elijah rebukes him. And actually, it says the king, Ahab, repents. Now, it doesn't last, but he repents. And so what it says is, is God says, that, it says, because Ahab repented, I'm going to delay the calamity that's going to come on the land because of what he did. He's gonna, I'm going to delay it. And the delay is, again, the period is in the Bible. You can look it up. is three years. So now you have, a, you have another paradigm here. And that is from the, from the day of the king's repentance until a calamity comes in the land, there will be three years. Well, did Bill Clinton ever repent over the scandal? Well, the, the answer is, well, first he denied it, then he had to confess it, and then finally he did repent. It was at a White House gathering of ministers. He said, listen, I've sinned. This is my repentance. I've sinned against God. I've sinned against man. And it was his repentance. So if you, get, if you take that date when he, he made that, that declaration of repentance, and at, what happens if you add three years? Could it lead you to something significant? Take the day, add three years of the paradigm, and it leads you to the exact date of September 11th, 2001. Oh, my. The wow. ancient paradigm that, that from the king's repentance will be three years to the day calamity comes on the nation. And, Richard, it even gets even more exact, because when... Did this repentance happen? It happened in the morning. So it le- three years leads you to the morning of September 11th, exactly when it happens. And, and, and the White House event begins at 8.30 in the morning. So that leads you three years later to 8.30, the hour of 8.30, 9.11. Well, 8.30 marks the hour that 9.11 begins, actually begins a, f- a number of minutes after that. And it was between 9 and 10 o'clock that Clinton made his repentance. Well, 9 and 10 o'clock is the peak of 9.11. Then the White House event ends at 
exactly 10.30. Could that contain 9-11? Well, three years later, the last event of 9-11 is the fall of the North Tower, happens at 10.29, and then comes 10.30, the end of the event. This is down to the day, to the hour, to the minute, where again, where, I mean, this is when nobody knew it, not even Bin Laden knew it back then, not the Pentagon, but if we had known God's paradigm, you could have charted it years in advance down to the hour. When, you, when you're putting this together, you're getting up in the middle of the night, you're going yes. to a computer to check it out, I mean, you must have just been getting chills up and down and that's, your spine. Yes, and, and, and Richard, that's exactly how that, what I just shared with you right now, actually the last two things, happened in the middle of the night, I'm on my bed, it came to me, it came to me on my bed, I had no idea if it was true. I got up. Up, go, went, went, went to open up the bathroom, put, you put my laptop there where my wife is sleeping. I start typing it in, and it's exactly that. I was blown, blown away. I want you to check this out sometime. Did King Ahab ever say, it depends on what it, the meaning of is is? <laughs> in a sense, he did. <laughs> All right, we'll come back. The Paradigm with Jonathan Kahn. Stay with us on The Conspiracy Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Live from Toronto, Canada, Earth, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett on Zoomer Radio. Thanks for inviting me into your home, long-haul truck, RV, camper, taxi, your parents' basement, your loft. That greasy spoon just off the interstate and your cabin in the woods. A big hearty howdy to all of you. Listening in on our flagship station, Zoomer Radio, AM 740 and 96.7 FM here in Toronto. Hi to those of you uh, catching us on one of our affiliate stations across North America. Those of you listening to the podcast, please check it out at talkzone.com. That's the podcast, talkzone.com. Give it a few days to get posted. Uh, The uh, Conspiracy Show app, of course, the Zoomer Radio app, the YouTube channel. Hey, we have passed the 6,000 subscription mark. Thank you all for that. But we're racing, racing against time here, trying to get to 10,000. 10,000 subs by the end of the year, and only you can help us do that. So thank you again, and let's keep it going. Wherever and however you're listening, I bid thee the warmest of welcomes, and I thank you for your fine company. Jonathan Kahn, New York Times best-selling author, is here unraveling a shocking mystery uh, detailed in his new book, Paradigm, the Ancient uh, Blueprint that Holds the Mystery of Our Times. And we're comparing the reign of King Ahab and Queen Jezebel in the northern kingdom of Israel in ancient times, uh, and how uh, that rem- the, the, the mirroring of that with, with President Clinton and Hillary Rodham Clinton is just is incredible. Uh, so let's see. Where we, let's, we, let's talk about when, the, when King Ahab's reign comes to an end. Well, I sort of hinted at this earlier, uh, that uh, Queen Jezebel, you know, doesn't, just sort of, you know, get shuffled off to the sidelines and take on some honorary title. She's bound and determined to continue to, to, uh, to have influence and power after King Ahab is killed. Go ahead, Jonathan. Yeah, a lot of people think that, you know, the, the idea that most people have is that, you know, well, Ahab, Ahab ends and Jezebel ends. But that's not what happened at all. Ahab ends, and I said Jezebel goes on. And she goes on on the political stage. She goes on in the halls of power. 
And so what that means, I mean, you know, I, I know your people are sharp and you're putting, they're already putting this together, that what it means is so that at the end, the Clinton years will end, the, the, the reign or the time of Bill Clinton ends on the national stage, but for the first time in history, in American history, the first lady goes on on the political stage, well, and so she does, Hillary Clinton becomes a senator in New York. Um, she, uh, Jezebel would dwell in the halls of power, so, so does Hillary Clinton. She'll dwell in the capital city, so Hillary Clinton will dwell in Washington, D.C. She'll not be the, she's not the queen anymore, she's not the first lady, she's the former first lady. I'm talking about Jezebel, she's the former first lady. And so she still has, she exerts influence behind the scenes, um, and, and she's going to do it behind the throne, and that's exactly what Hillary Clinton will do. And as you kind of alluded to, she still has an agenda. She, you know, she, it just says Jezebel never changed, and we know this from, from what's alluded to in the Bible later on, and that she's still a strong influence on the government, is that so did Hillary Clinton. She never changed at all. She still has an agenda. And, you know, in fact, when she's a, a, as a senator, she's one of the few senators who actually stands up to, to, to defend partial birth abortion on her own, you know, as, as a solo career. So she does this, and then, of course, then, but something else happens. She, in 2008, she seeks to become the leader of the land. But according to the paradigm, she does not become the leader of the land, at least during this time. She will not. It will go to a younger man. And so this introduces the next kind of mystery of the paradigm, and he and the, and is a chapter in the book is called The Heir, and, and this is going to be the mystery of Barack Obama, and Barack Obama is going to follow the paradigm of the king, the king known as Joram. Now, Joram is he's called the heir because he's going to follow, he's the heir to Ahab, he's going to follow the, basically the policies of Ahab. He's, going to, he's not going to be the pioneer. You know, Ahab was the pioneer. He's, he's the first king to do all these things, and Clinton was the first president to, to open the door for all these things. But, but here, Joram is going to follow the ways overall of Ahab. And, his, and so we have Barack Obama. Barack Obama is going to follow the, in the, overall the policies of the Clinton years. I mean, and you even alluded to one. You had Hillary Care. Well, it becomes Obamacare. Uh, about abortion, everything is followed through by Obama. And it's interesting because I didn't even get into this. If you look in the paradigm, it actually reveals personalities. Because if you look at Ahab's personality, he's emotional, he's wavering, goes back and forth. He's, he's kind of weak-willed in different ways. Back and, well, that's Bill Clinton, back and forth and all, all over the place. But if you look at uh, Jezebel, different personality, she is a, a harder personality. She can be vindictive. She can be she can be like iron. Well, how do people view Hillary Clinton? Same way, and they didn't trust Jezebel in the same way has been largely the case with with Hillary Clinton. Um, and so you got this, you got that. But then when you look at Joram, Joram's personality is a cooler temperament, meaning it's not you know back and forth all over the place. Can't picture, you know, Ahab repented, but then he turns back and forth. He persecutes Elijah. Well, with Joram, you can't picture that. Joram is a cooler, and so Barack Obama has this different personality, more reserved. But if you look at the you look at the account about Joram, you'll see that there's a hostility, and and there's a there's a there's a there's a view of God that's basically hostile. He almost Joram views him almost as an enemy, and views the people of God with hostility. And so the ways of Barack Obama will be, and this is again not about motive, but the ways will be he will endorse policies that will continually be hostile to God's people, to God's ways. He's the one who says America's not a Christian nation anymore. He's the one who says you know they cling to their guns and religion, and he's the one who.
who continually votes down anything that has to do with religious freedom, continuously. He, he, he quotes the Declaration of Independence and omits God. So you have a, a pattern there again and again, but that's not all. When you look at the reign of Joram, he's not alone. and th- he, he, he reigns on the throne, but there's somebody with him who is the former First Lady, who is Jezebel. Well, what, what happens when Obama gets into the White House? Unprecedented, never happened in American history. He brings in the former First Lady, Hillary Clinton, and she becomes like an advisor on the throne or by the throne, same way just as Obama did. So they follow really everything here. Interesting. Now, but in modern times, of course, um, Obama didn't follow Clinton in the presidency. We had George W. Bush was president. That's right. Number 43. That is right. Absolutely. Does that not throw sort of a, a no, chunk no. into I'll the... No, no. I'll tell you why. This, the, this, the, I mean, actually, it's a very consistent thing. It happens with the, with the Harbinger as well. If you notice, with the Harbinger, everyone, everyone um, who actually... I mean, those who don't know it, it's this, this ancient re, the replaying of the days, the, the warnings of judgment, and you find American leaders actually pronouncing judgment on America, and they're actually quoting the ancient scriptures of judgment that the ancient leaders of Israel did. But the, the interesting thing is virtually every one of them is either is democratic. I mean, and, it, and it's not a matter of, listen, it's not a matter of politics, not a matter, it doesn't matter which party, but, but the Democratic Party has, has, has initiated many things now that are very clearly against the Bible. Well, that is what you see with a, it doesn't make, you don't, you won't see many Republicans in the Harbinger, and it's not a choice. It's, it's simply these are the ones who end up reliving it. Well, the paradigm is the paradigm of apostasy. So it focuses on the leaders of apostasy or, or help who, who are a catalyst who fulfill this paradigm of leading the nation away. Well, that is the case with the Clintons. That's the case with, with Barack Obama. It was not the case with George Bush. He sought to, whatever one thinks about anybody, he sought to slow this down he, you know, in, in every way. However, even this is part of it because there is another son who's on the throne and who before Joram and that and that is his name is Ahaziah and so 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 you have George Bush is actually a placeholder because it it makes everything else fall into place. For instance, Joram was the third king of the paradigm or the second king after Ahab, and so is so is Obama. And and you have you actually have the entire timing and, and something else I'll share with you, which is what happens to the nemesis. It only could happen if there was another king in that place, or another president in that place. Right. But, but George Bush was not one who, who furthered the apostasy, so the focus will be on those. That's interesting. Yeah, I think a lot of us conservatives would consider uh, George the 43rd to be a placeholder. <laughs> well, I understand. I understand. But, 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 well, let me give you an example here, and this is this will lead to the next thing, because, you know, we talked about in the first hour, we, talk, we mentioned the nemesis, the one who rises up to, to you know, bring destruction on the land, and that, that the ancient nemesis, and that is Osama Bin Laden will follow the paradigm of the ancient one, Ben Haddad. Well, that's not the end of the story. The end of the, the, the end of the story is going to come during this time. And if it wasn't for the Bush presidency, it would not fall exactly the way it should. So, so here's what happens. The, the, you know, you have this manhunt after 9/11, the greatest manhunt in history, and and yet. You know, it went dead. The the, the trail went cold. Yes. Nobody knew what happened, and and yet the paradigm spelled it all out before it happened. The paradigm gives says first of all that the nemesis, in this case Bin Laden, is going to be assassinated, just as the ancient one was, and it actually is going to it's going to give the way that it's going to happen. The ancient nemesis Bin Laden or Ben Ben, ben Haddad, sorry, is is lying in his bed 
when the assassination begins, well, well, Osama bin Laden will be lying in his bed when his assassination, when the Navy SEALs begin to come down on the compound. And who killed bin Haddad? Was it, were, were, was it uh, forces from the Northern Kingdom? It, interesting. It, the, 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 it, was, it was a man named Hazael, and because we know his name, we, well, let me, let me throw this in. Well, 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 but actually, but even before that, there's something I, I, I think you may be linking, and that is that the, the, the death of bin Laden, or bin Haddad, will, will come, ultimately will, be, will originate in the Northern Kingdom, because it will be the prophet Elisha who will actually initiate it. So it will be initiated in the Northern Kingdom, so, so with bin Laden, you could say, with America, but it involves other things. The interesting thing is that, that what happens also is, in the paradigm, the ancient enemy, Ben Haddad, he cannot leave his quarters. He, so, and just like bin Laden couldn't leave, so he uses a courier to transmit message, messages and other things. So that's exactly what bin Laden did. He used a courier. And through the courier, uh, the ancient courier, that the, the, the enemy is going to be killed because of the courier. Well, in the modern case, they, they couldn't find bin Laden for years, but finally they found his courier. And by finding his courier and, and, tr- and following him back, the courier led them to the compound. So even that comes into play. And, and then there's much more. But what happens also is that at the time of the assassination, the, you know, what happens is that the assassin comes into the bedroom and executes the enemy in the bedroom. Well, so bin Laden will be executed in his bedroom. But the paradigm actually gives the timing of when it will happen. Because, you know, it was years nothing happened with bin Laden. But the, but the paradigm gives it because he, we know we put it together. It's very clear that what happens is this. Okay, hold so, on. Jonna, okay, we're sure. going to take a time out. We'll okay. reveal the timing. Yeah, we'll reveal it. <laughs> when we come back, the paradigm with Jonathan Kahn. Stay with us. If you're sure your phone isn't tapped, call now, 416-360-0740, or toll-free at 1-866-740-4740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Keeping an eye on the new world order. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett from Zoomer Radio. To speak with Richard, call 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Jonathan Kahn stays with us. The, uh, the brand-new book is The Paradigm, the ancient blueprint that holds the mystery of our times. I just want to give some a clarification on the dates and locations when Jonathan... Uh, will be in Toronto, and that is fast approaching. So again, uh, and Albert, let's get these up on the website if we could. Uh, Wednesday, November the 15th at 7 p.m., that's the Church on the Queensway. Okay, Wednesday, November the 15th, 7 p.m., Jonathan will be speaking at the Church on the Queensway. That's 1536 the Queensway here in Toronto. And for this event, you've got to register. Just go to eventbrite.com, and uh, there's usually a search engine there. Just type in Jonathan Kahn, C-A-H-N, Jonathan Kahn, and you'll get the details. Again, you just have to register. It's free. There will be a collection plate, and uh, that would probably be going to um, a Hope of the World ministry. Uh, Saturday, November the 18th. Saturday, November the 18th at 7 p.m. Now, this event is at the Vaughn Community uh, Church. 
Okay, Saturday, November the 18th, 7 p.m., the Vaughn Community Church. That's 200 Racco Parkway in Thornhill. No re- registration required, but arrive early to uh, guarantee seating. Sunday, November the 19th, at 10 a.m., Miracle Family Temple. That's 1100 Bellamy Road North in Scarborough. Again, Sunday, November the 19th, 10 a.m., Miracle Family Temple, 1100 Bellamy Road North, Scarborough. No registration required, but arrive early to guarantee seating. And then the same day, Sunday, November 19th, at 3.15 p.m., the Tamil Church of the Living Savior. Tamil Church of the Living Savior, 480 Huntingwood Drive in Scarborough. No registration required. Arrive early to guarantee seating. And uh, we will post these on the uh, the website at uh, strangeplanet.ca. All right. We were talking about uh, the timing of bin Laden's assassination by the uh, Navy SEAL team, essentially in, you know, in his bedroom, and how that, that paradigm is mirrored uh, by the assassination of the nemesis of, of King Ahab, uh, and that was uh, bin Haddad under very yeah. s- similar circumstances, almost exact circumstances. Yeah. But the timing, the timing of bin yeah. Laden's assassination, let's talk about that. Yeah, when, well, first of all, when, uh, when the ancient nemesis was assassinated, it was in the reign of Joram, which corresponds with Obama, so that's why it happened, Obama was in power. It happened when, when, uh, when Joram and Jezebel were, t- were in the palace, and so, and ha- therefore, we all saw that famous picture, when, when bin Laden was assassinated, it was Obama. Obama and Hillary Clinton were there in the White House. And, but it says this, according to the paradigm, when uh, the, the, the nemesis will bring destruction on the land, the calamity, and we already saw how the paradigm gave the exact or day and hour of it, that's 9-11, so that's 2001, and according to the paradigm, then 10 years later, in the 10th year after the calamity, the nemesis will be assassinated. So 2001 at 10 years. In the paradigm, it takes you to the year 2011. 2011 is the year Bin Laden is assassinated. That was in May of that year, I yes. believe. All right, fascinating. Now, back to King Joram. Yes. Uh, the, the, the timing, we, we, earlier yep. we talked about how long King Ahab reigned yep. and how long Bill Clinton was in, in yep. politics. What about with King Joram and his prototype or anti-type, I suppose, uh, President yes. Obama? Yeah. Well, how long was Obama on the nas- on the world stage or the national stage? Well, we know it's very exact because he had a very dramatic um, uh, launch into the national stage. Nobody knew about him, you know. Before, you know, of the, even in Chicago, most people didn't know about him up until the time when he gave he was invited to give the keynote speech at the Democratic convention, and he did. And all overnight, he was lifted up to national uh, acclaim, and they said he's going to become the president. And very shortly, you know, after that, like like two years later, he's running for president. And then he becomes president. So it's, it's a very clear marker. It's, it's 2004. The de- when he gave that speech, Democratic Convention, it was the summer of 2004. And so what happens now? Well, how long was he on the stage? His last year as president was 2016. So 2004, 2016, you end up with 12 years. And actually, actually Obama, when he spoke at the last convention nominating Hillary Clinton, the first words out of his mouth of his speech were, were this, was 12 years ago tonight. It was actually on the exact 12-year mark. Right. And so 12 years Barack Obama. 
open up the Bible and you open up to the book of Second Kings, and Second Kings says this of Obama's prototype: Joram reigned in Samaria for a period of twelve <laughs> years. Why am I not surprised? Twelve years again, and, and the other thing is, you know, nobody could put this together. I mean, because you know, you look at back then, you know, kings weren't elected; they were they got into power when the king before them died, and they were they finished when they died. You know, so it had nothing to do with the dynamics of a modern president. With all the you put, look at all the ins and outs and all the all the twists and turns of politics, and yet it ends up with Clinton, and with a lot of twists and turns, ends up with Obama. It it follows, it conforms to the to the ancient paradigm. Or you could say the ancient paradigm here is determining where what exactly they will be. So yes, again, an exact an exact match. Uh, I, I want to talk about um, the, the chapter of the warrior because that, that's sort of speeding yes. things along. Yes. But yes. The, the paradigm reveals the rise of this figure called the warrior. Who is he? Yeah. Well, well, the, well. The setting is that the the nation comes to a, a critical uh, juncture. Where, where basically, if the House of Ahab continues in power, it's going to wipe out religious faith. It's going to wipe out the the people of God. It's going to seal the nation's apostasy. It's going to be over if they continue in power. The the heirs of Ahab. Um, so you got so with America, and really, you know, and, and whatever happens in America affects everything else, of course. So that with America, you also have this critical juncture. You have this election where you, we where if we had gone the other way with with the Democratic platform, we would have sealed the Supreme Court for a generation or more. We would have sealed the, the religious liberty. We would have sealed all of this. In fact, it was the most brazen uh, campaign, in, or actually platform, in the history of the Democratic Party. It was the first time ever in their history. They didn't just, they didn't just allude to abortion with, with euphemisms. They, they celebrated it. I mean, they, they, they vowed they're going to strike down the, the Hyde Amendment if they win, which means that everyone in America, is Christians, are going to be literally directly funding the killing of the unborn. I mean, that's how radical this was. And, and and not only that, that's, this is the election where Hillary Clinton made that famous statement. It was her first speech as, uh, in running for president when she said deep-seated religious beliefs have to be changed. Why? So that abortion can expand. Now, I cannot think of a more Jezebelian statement than that. And that was Jezebel saying that we have to overturn the religious beliefs of Israel so that child sacrifice can expand. So that was the stake. So then comes a surprise in the paradigm. And that is exactly what you alluded to. The chapter is called The Warrior. And that is a man that, that actually Elijah was supposed to anoint this guy. He, we don't know if he did. So Elijah sends a young prophet to go to a military camp and to the message for one of those people. And the man's name is Jehu. Jehu is going to be the mystery of Donald Trump. Donald Trump is going to follow the paradigm of Jehu. And so he goes to the camp, and he says, i got a message for you, Commander. He says, which one, says Jehu, says, for you. So he takes the, he takes the Commander Jehu, takes him aside, uh, and says to him, the, thus says the Lord God of Israel, he's anointed you to become king of Israel. You're going you're gonna to end the house of Ahab. So he, he anoints him, and then he runs, he, he, he takes off, and he gets out of there. Well, who was Jehu? Jehu was not a politician. He was, and, and so Donald Trump is not a politician. He, Jehu was a warrior. He was a fighter. Donald Trump is a fighter. He fights with everybody. In fact, in fact, you know, I, I'm convinced that somewhere in the Hebrew, ancient Hebrew, it says that you find it says Jehu had a Twitter account at night, and so you know something. Else. But this is exactly <laughs> it. He fights with everybody. Jehu is not a gentleman. He is a rough man. Donald Trump is a rough man. Uh, at times, it will seem as if Jehu is out of control. 
He's impulsive. Well, Donald Trump will seem like he's out of control, impulsive. And, and also, he'll come suddenly on the scene. Jehu will, uh, will, will shake the status quo, the political realm, totally shake it. So will Donald Trump. So Donald Trump is going to follow this, this thing, and the, the entire thing. And so what happens? He's going to oppose the House of Ahab. Well, that's going to translate to the House of Clinton. Uh, and so what happens here now? The, the, the amazing thing is that you actually read something. Some of people who are listening may remember from their Sunday school or from church, but it's an amazing thing. What happens is when Jehu is anointed, he begins a race to the throne, a literal race, a campaign, a race to the throne. He gets on his chariot, and he, he begins a race, and, it, and his, his key strategy is speed, to catch his enemies, his opponents off guard. So he begins a race in the chariot. The, the watchman in the city of Jezreel sees him coming, doesn't know it's him, and says, well, we don't know who's coming, but the driving is like that of Jehu, for he driveth furiously. Well, how did Donald Trump lead that campaign? Furious. He was a wrecking ball. Wrecking ball, absolutely. And that's exactly what Jehu was, too. Jay, think about it. Jehu was a wrecking ball. He is, he is, he is literally destroying, he's, he's tearing down what was there. And, and another word in the Hebrew how he, is, is that he drives crazy, or, or some of your Bibles will say, he drives like a madman. So you know, I could not think of a better description of the race of Donald Trump. It made no sense, and yet he drove like a madman, and yet he would end up getting to where he had, getting to the throne. So what happens is, there's a showdown in the paradigm. The, now, now listen to this, the, the showdown is between the warrior on one side, and that's, that's Jehu, that's Trump, and on the other side, who is it? It's the former first lady, Queen Jezebel. Jezebel. The she's queen. still hanging around. Hanging around, still hanging around, and she's, and, and, and she's like the last pillar, because if she remains in power, then the House of Ahab is going to remain in power. And so with Hillary Clinton, same thing. And so it comes down in the end to the warrior and the queen. And so, you know, you remember, of course, Richard, I mean, we all remember, all the polls were saying that, you know, that, that the Democrats are going to trounce, not only are going to win, Hillary Clinton's going to win, she's going to trounce Donald Trump. She's going to be, it's going to be, all the major polls were saying it's over, it's over. But the paradigm said the opposite. The ancient paradigm says this, when the warrior comes head-to-head with a former first lady, or were Jehu versus Jezebel, or Trump versus Hillary Clinton, it, the, the first lady will be defeated, and the warrior will be victorious. Now, interesting, I'm going to throw this in, I don't often throw this in, but we're, we're getting into detail, and of course this is more than I can ever touch is on the book, but I'm getting into more than I do in most interviews. What happens, if you remember what happens with Jezebel, it says when she sees Jehu coming, she puts on makeup, and she adorns her head. And then she comes to the window. Now, now mo- a lot of people think, well, she's trying to seduce Jehu. Well, that's unlikely. She, first of all, she was a grandmother at the time, and so was Hillary Clinton. But what it, when it talks about what she's doing is she's, 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 she's making herself out to be the queen. And she, when it says she adorns her head, it's most likely she's putting on a crown. Right. I it, deserve it, to be the queen. Exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly, entitlement. And what she's doing is, what do you do when you put a crown on your head? You're planning a coronation. Well, all the you look at all the articles about when it got, came down to election day, it said that Clinton is planning her own coronation. Right. And she planned what she planned. She planned the glass ceiling to come down and a great spectacle over New York City. There were going to be fireworks all over New York City. She planned a coronation. And you look at the articles, it says the Clinton, the Clinton camp goes from coronation 
to despair or to downfall. And what happens is, uh, well, I'm going to, I'm going to actually now, I'm going to share something with you that's not even in the book, but it's going to be in the, the, the book's already in reprint, and it's going to be in like maybe the next reprint, but it's it's coming in. They may get it, they may not. But let me tell you what's going. To, I didn't know this when I first wrote this. The amazing thing, during the convention that nominated Clinton on the day of the nomination, right. a, a guy gets up and he makes this speech to nominate. I mean, to celebrate her. And he, it's a weird speech. What he, the whole, if you want to sum up the speech, the, the guy says, he, he, the theme of the, speech, of the speech are these words. They threw her down as, as first lady, but, but she wouldn't stay thrown down. They threw her down as senator, but she wouldn't stay thrown. They threw her down as secretary. They, they threw her down in the cabinet. They, he keeps saying they threw her down, they threw her down, they threw her down, threw her down. If you take the words, this is, it's prophetic, that was said at the, said at the on the day of her nomination, you take, or, her, or, the, or the day when she, she receives it, take the words that he said in that speech, they threw her down, plug it into the Internet. People can go on the Internet right now, put, put down, threw her down in the Internet. And where, where the Internet will take you, the search will take you, of all the words in the world, it will take you to the Bible, it will take you to Second Kings, it will take you to the chapter that focuses on on Jezebel versus Jehu or Trump versus Clinton. Second Kings chapter nine verse thirty three. Throw exact, her down, Jehu said. The exact verse which is prophesying her downfall. I mean this is eerie on the day of the, the Democratic speech will take you to the exact verse that is the downfall of Hillary Clinton. Unbelievable, but it's been an hour and a half of unbelievable, and it continues on the other side, the paradigm with Jonathan Kahn. Don't you dare go away. You want the truth? You can handle the truth. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zuma Radio. To get the truth, call Richard now at 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Exploring theories, uncovering facts, and offering a different view of the universe. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett on Zoomer Radio. To speak with Richard live, call 416-360-0740. Or toll-free at 1-866-740-4740. And welcome back. Jonathan Kahn stays with us. Uh, he is with us for the full two hours. The book is called The Paradigm, The Ancient Blueprint That Holds the Mystery of Our Times. Again, Jonathan, how do people get a hold of this remarkable uh, piece of literature? Thanks. Thanks, Richard. It's The Paradigm is everywhere. It just was released um, a few weeks ago. It's every, it should be everywhere from... Amazon online, any any online place, plus uh, wherever books are sold from Walmart, all, all everywhere basically, it's easy to get. And uh, and if they want to get in, if you want to get in touch, um, it's the the ministry's Hope of the World. Um, just remember hopeofthe.world.org, and we'll send you free things. We uh, that that's that's basically our mission. Or if you want to check the latest things, it's Jonathan Con, uh, the Facebook. But the paradigm is literally everywhere. Okay, and and again for the uh, the dates for Jonathan's com- upcoming appearance in Toronto and. And there are a number of them. We're posting those uh, to where is it, Albert? The past show page. Under past guests on the front page. Under past guests on the front page. All right. And let me give you those again quickly. Wednesday, November the fifteenth at seven p.m. Church of the Queensway or Church on the Queensway. 
Again, that's November the 15th, 7 p.m., Church on the Queensway. Uh, it's, um, there's no, uh, oh, you, you have to register for that one. That's at eventbrite.com. Saturday, Saturday, November the 18th at 7 p.m., and that's at the Vaughn Community Church, 200 Racco Parkway in Thornhill. Uh, for that, no registration required, but arrive early to guarantee seating. Sunday, November 19th, two times. Sunday, November 19th, 10 a.m., Miracle Family Temple, 1100 Bellamy Road. And then Sunday, November 19th at 3.15 p.m., Tamil Church of the Living Savior, 480 Huntingwood Drive. Again, for both of those Sunday dates, no registration required, but arrive early to guarantee seating. And all of these dates and times and so forth will be posted. Go to uh, strangeplanet.ca, go to the Conspiracy Show, and on the front page, just click Past Guests, and uh, it'll take you right there, all that info under Jonathan's name. All right, we were talking about, um, let's see, we were talking about uh, 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 Jehu, who was the heir to King Ahab. I'm sorry, no, uh, uh, um, uh, my, um, my apologies. Jor- yeah, Joram was the heir, and Jehu was the warrior. Jehu was who the over, warrior. Who throws out the house of Ahab, That's basically. right. So Jehu is facing uh, Queen Jezebel. Yes. Uh, so I wanted to ask you a little bit more about Jehu. What, what was he on about in terms of, was he talking about taking the northern kingdom back to the, a, a better time when they, were, when they were praying to God and, and, and adhering <laughs> to God's rules or what was Jehu yeah, what was well, Jehu was a fascinating person because Richard if you you take it's amazing when you look at the ancient commentaries about Jehu you basically could just put in Donald Trump's name I mean because they, it's amazing what they say about him um, he was he said well, and we'll we'll get into another something that happens on the way but he he says listen you know this is for this this is for God now now as far as we know he didn't live a godly life beforehand okay but he is he is he is saying we're gonna we got to get it we got to get it back to God, and we don't and, and the commentaries to this day cannot make up their mind if Jehu was was really knew God or didn't know God, but he was but he was used by God. You know that that he's a vessel that's used by God, and even though he seems unlikely, he's used of God. So he was he was ending Baal worship now now and that's what he actually would do. Baal worship was a foreign import. So so you have Jehu being against foreign things. I mean uh, you can fill in the blanks here, but 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 of course it's but of course it's you know it's all. So ungodly. So he's trying. He's 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 literally ending the legacy of the house of Ahab, which is actually what Donald Trump did up to that point with that, you know the whole legacy of the Clinton years up through Obama. And so it is. You have a nationalistic. You have a nationalistic part of it, but you also have a godly part of it. And God is basically using this guy. And they, the other thing interesting is it's revealed in the account of Jehu's rise that he actually uh, he was on the wrong side before this. He was he was working for Ahab. He he was there when Elijah prophesied judgment on Ahab in the vineyard. He was there, and so. He reveals he was on the wrong side of the culture, so Donald Trump was on the wrong side originally, and also it means that he was actually serving Ahab, and, and we know that Donald Trump was actually friends with the Clintons, and acquaintance with Clintons, and was for that, and because that Jehu was on that side of it, he was champing, he was fighting for the kingdom of Baal, so he was, he would, that originally he was for child sacrifice, but now he turned against it. Well, Donald Trump was originally pro-abortion, but now he turned totally the other way, just like Jehu did. He turned against it, and now he's actually used, despite himself, as being used by God. And one other thing, this is all remarkable, one other thing uh, many people may not be aware of, and Jehu said, I'm going to build a big, beautiful wall, and I'm going to make the Phoenicians pay for it. (laughs) I think that must be in the Septuagint version. (laughs) (laughs) 
right. Now, I want to talk, uh, just come back, just cycle back a little bit to Queen Jezebel and Hillary Clinton, because we keep talking about the, and we'll do this after the break, but we keep talking about the length of their you yes. know, their reign, and we talked yes. about Ahab, and, and we talked about Clinton, we talked about yep. uh, Obama. Obama and, um, and Joram. Joram. So let's let's just circle back and talk about Hillary and Queen Jezebel because there's another interesting parallel there. Absolutely. We'll do all that on the other side. Jonathan Kahn, The Paradigm, back with more in a moment on The Conspiracy Show. Corporations, governments, and sometimes entire civilizations. What goes up must come down. And it lands on The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The world is being pulled over your eyes. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. To reach Richard, call 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. Uh, welcome back. Jonathan Kahn is with us. The book is The Paradigm, The Ancient Blueprint That Holds the Mystery of Our Times, available just about anywhere. And if you want to get a hold of uh, uh, Jonathan, you can do so at the website hopeoftheworld.org. That's the ministry, hopeoftheworld.org. And for a full list of days, times, and locations for his upcoming Toronto speaking tour, uh, go to our website, strangeplanet.ca, find the radio show, The Conspiracy Show, and on the front page you'll see past guest info. And it's under there, under under Jonathan's name, uh, and that's Wednesday, November the fifteenth, Saturday, November the eighteenth, and then two dates or two times on Sunday, November the nineteenth, and uh, all those uh, all the information is right there. We were talking uh, about Queen Jezebel and uh, Hillary Clinton and the parallel there. How long was Queen Jezebel in power on the scene, and how does that relate to Hillary Clinton's reign? Yeah, well, we'll do, I'll do it from from starting from Hillary Clinton. She was she was on the national stage, in, actually in parts. Twenty two years with her husband, 70, 1979 to two thousand one. That was first lady of Arkansas and then of, of America. So that's a twenty two year period with her husband, and then she goes on her own, as we know. Uh, she's eight years as a senator, four years as Secretary of State, so that's a 12-year period. Then she, re- she retires from public life for two years, and then there's nothing. She's not on the stage, but then she comes back on the stage, as we just happened, and she's there for two years, uh, basically, as running for president. So, we, so you have 12 years plus two years, comes 14 years on her own on the national stage. So we got 22 years with her husband, and then we have 14 years on the national stage on her own. Well, what about Je- what does the Bible say about Jezebel? It's easy to put together. How long was Jezebel on the national stage with her husband? 22 years. How long was she on the stage alone after that? 14 years. The exact <laughs> come year. On, come on. Yeah. For real. Oh, wow. And in fact, in fact, I say, you know, the, I, we didn't get into this. The, the paradigm actually gives the time when all these things happen because when it gives the timing when Jehu has his rise when he comes head to head with the first lady when the first lady former first lady falls has her downfall when he triumphs all that takes place in the bible in the 12th year of king joram so now we already had the parameters you guys have been following it 
that Joram is Obama, so you take the, the 12th year and you take 2004, add 12 years, it takes you to the year, pinpoints the year 2016. Right. 2016, therefore, is the year of the rise of the warrior, the year of the, the showdown, the year of the fall of the first lady, and the year of the triumph of the warrior. It all happens, I mean, like, exactly. And, and, and Richard, when, yeah. when this started first coming to me, when I say when this, all the stuff about the numbers and the years, that well, I didn't even know that. I mean, that came after. The thing about September 11th and the days, that I didn't even know that. I was well into it, and that's when it came. So it was already there, and this is all came after. Uh, Jehu enlisted uh, the, the, the help, I guess, in his campaign against the Ahab dynasty. It was kind of a holy man. Tell me about, yes. about him. Yes. Well, on, oh, here's what happens. You know, the the uh, after he defeats the queen, and then there, and and by the way, that that all happens. The queen is defeated, and he and he is victorious in the nation's northeastern major city, which is you know Jezreel. There, with America, they're both Hillary Clinton and, and Trump on the day of the election are in New York City, the northeastern city. After winning, he turns his attention to the capital city. So he's going to go to the capital city to take the throne. But on his way there, he meets a man. Who is who is as you said he, in in the in the paradigm he's called the holy man and his name is Jehonadab, kind of mysterious man but but he he he's he in every commentary he is listed that he's called he represents the religious conservatives of the land and so here now here's what happens Jehu has a meeting with this guy representing the religious conservatives of the land and he and so Trump on his way to power he has meetings and we all know this he has special meetings with who the religious conservatives, the evangelical Christians. Mm-hmm. And what does Jehu do? Jehu says, you can read the account, basically, in effect, he says, listen, I'm with you. And, you know, so Trump said, I'm with you guys. I'm with you. I'm going to fight for life. I'm going to fight for religious freedom. I'm with you. And then, and then Jehu says, Are you, will you be with me? And so Trump says, will you be with me? And so what happens is, Jehonadab says, yes, I will be with you, because he looks at the alternative. The alternative is the house of Ahab, then Jezebel. He says, I will be with you, or the house of Ahab. So he joins it. So the two, get it, he gets into his chariot. So now in the chariot, you got the, the warrior, and you got the holy man. So you got Trump, and then who, and on his way to the, to the capital city, who comes with him? Religious conservatives. If it was not for religious conservatives or evangelical Christians, he would not have been elected. They come in there, and actually during the inauguration, you have more people, pray, more born-again people praying than any other president in history. I mean, it's a, you know, it's despite, you know, it's, it's, it goes against Trump's an enigma, yet God still uses that. Right. And, and the other thing is that literally, I mean, Jehu will, I mean, well, you know, literally Trump will actually partner with a one particular man who will be Mike Pence. And Mike Pence is a religious conservative known as a holy man. Actually, people, the press mocks him because he abstains from things. Well, Je- Jehonadab is known for someone who abstained from any form of evil. So you even have that. So they ride together to the capital city. And Jehu won because he didn't, he didn't ignore the flyover state of Samaria. Uh, absolutely. That, absolutely. What, and again, that's all in the Septuagint. What happened? And quoted by Richard. <laughs> what yeah. happened when Jehu took the throne? What did well, he do? The, well, he heads to the capital city because he can't, he can't take the throne without getting there. And that's Samaria. He heads to the capital city, but the capital city, but listen, he's got, a, he's got, a, he's got a, an agenda. Jehu's agenda as he heads to the capital city is, listen, is, is to drain the swamp. Oh. 
Literally. <laughs> I mean, you can read what happens. He's oh, there oh, no. to drain the swamp. He goes there to drain the corruption, take out the, 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 the priests of Baal, take out all that stuff. And when he gets to the capital city, it's literally, it's like, it's, it's divided. I mean, it's a war zone. This is the place of Ahab. It's a place of, of Baal worship. And so literally, Washington, D.C. was a divide. It was like a war zone. And I was there. It was a war zone. And, and America is divided, just the way just the way Israel was. And the thing, the people who are most against, would be most against Jehu, are the people who are engaged in child sacrifice. Well, well, who is that today? The abortion industry was literally doing everything they could to stop Trump. But also, if you read it, you read it, uh, Jehu was also in a war against witchcraft, because that was Baal worship. He literally uses the word witchcraft. He's in a war. So you got Jehu and you got the witches. Well, amazing, even this. And when Trump becomes president, what happens? All across America and the world, the gathering, gatherings take place under the moon of witches. Witches are gathering, literally, to cast spells against Donald Trump. Right. I mean, that has never happened in the history of, of America. And yet, that's in the paradigm. It was a war with Jehu and the witches. And when he gets to the capital city, there, there's a temple of Baal that Ahab built, and Jehu destroys the Temple of Baal. And now, Temple of Baal linked to child sacrifice. What's the first thing Trump does when he becomes president? He issues executive orders to undo the orders of Obama, and also they were the orders of Clinton. Mexico City policy. Yeah, to protect, to, he does to protect uh, unborn children. He's trying to dismantle the abort, the state-supported abortion industry. Now, well, we got to pray because he's trying to do that still. But that's exactly what Jehu did. He he basically cut off all the state support of the priests of Baal. But literally, now here's an eerie thing: that they're actually. Could there actually exist a Temple of Baal? Well, there did. Ex- there has been a Temple of Baal. It goes back from ancient times. It existed for 2,000 years in the Middle East, stood for, it withstood everything. And then, but according to the paradigm, when the warrior rises, the Temple of Baal will fall to the ground. Well, after 2,000 years, the Temple of Baal in the Middle East fell to the ground. And it fell to the ground in the summer of 2015, which is the exact time when Trump began his rise to the presidency. Wow. Um, we, we're almost out of time. I just want to jump ahead to the um, what, what does this paradigm, what does it tell us about the future? Yeah. Yeah, there's a whole yeah, there's a whole chapter at the end about called the harbinger of things to come because the paradigm gives us clues and keys about the future and all and also it gives it gives us really the way to to actually the paradigm contains a paradigm within the paradigm of the keys of for God's people, how to live, how to overcome, how to prevail. Now, there's too much to go into in the time we have, but I'll say, say a few things. One is it contains warning, too, because, because Jehu was a mixed figure. Um, so so there, it, there was good and there was not good. But here's the thing. Here's the most important thing right now, and I, I can't get into the future. Actually, I'll, I'll say this. It does, it does intersect with the, with the harbingers, because Jehu is actually going to lead to the harbingers, so that's the, it's actually going to lead to a time of judgment. But, but here's the good news, or here's the... What Jehu did is he created a window of time. He held back the apostasy. He defeated the the Baal worship and the house of Ahab. So what he did is he provided a window for the nation. Uh, He wasn't the answer, but he provided a window 
before the answer, which is revival. So Jehu, so that's exactly what Trump, that's, you want to understand Donald Trump? He was used as a vessel, despite himself, to create a window of time now where there's still religious freedom. He, he stalled the, the apostasy. So there is time for revival. And the key right now is revival. And if there's revival, that's the only hope America has, the only hope Canada has, the only hope the West has, that there's revival. Without revival, this will descend. And with Jehu's time, we don't know if there was revival in the long term as they descend into judgment. And that's where the harbingers kick in. So the chance we have is now. So we cannot waste it. And that, the last thing in the book, one of the last things in the book is called the Elijah paradigm. And that is the paradigm for God's people right now, that we are to follow. I can't go into detail, but we'll follow, we get, there's the paradigm of how to overcome, how to prosper, and how to be the light that you are called to be. These can be the most exciting times, but we've got to follow God all the way. And, and are there clues? Well, uh, how long did Jehu reign? Do we know? Well, Jehu, Jehu reigned for, I, I think, I believe it's 28 years, but remember, this, this, what, what the reign, you know, no, no president reigns for any of those things, but it's how long were they on the national stage, or how long did their rise begin. So there's still a lot of stuff to do. I'm, I, have more, I have more mathematics to do. I haven't done it, and I'm sure people are going to find a lot more things in the paradigm even than, than I have set out. Wow, what, what a remarkable uh, work, Jonathan. Congratulations and thank you. And, and thank you for spending uh, two hours with us. Very generous of you. And uh, you must be exhausted after all this. Richard, it is always a jo- a truly a joy and a blessing and an honor to be with you. And maybe I'll, we'll see you uh, face-to-face as well, but it's a joy and an honor with you. Uh, likewise, my friend. I hope we can maybe even break bread together when you, when you come up in, no- in November. Let's God bless you, Richard. God bless you. The paradigm, the ancient blueprint that holds the mystery of our times, Jonathan Kahn. My thanks to uh, Ian and Albert and Ryan and North and Zach for hanging out. And all of you for listening at home. Back next week with James D. Eugenio talking about the JFK files to be released in uh, just days. And John Francis, the global conspiracy of love, a near-death experiencer. And uh, in the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light. What I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. Good night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.